Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You are very welcome along to the G-Hour with me, Darren O'Sullivan, and I'm delighted to be joined by my two co-hosts, Lee Costello, a very happy man, and Niall McIntyre. How are we doing, boys? Good, Darren. You're not as good as you now. I hear you're out in Tenerife enjoying yourself. Well, it was until yesterday. Yes, it was not a good day for me. Um, Kerry losing above an Oma, which, to be honest, you can take um, because it's a soft place to go, but... Um, I don't want to talk about United, and I know well every conversation we have today, Lee is going to come in with a stupid comment. That's that's so. like that's like Gary Neville yesterday. He came in with loads of stupid comments when uh, Liverpool beat United seven 0 Did you did I mention that? Sorry, I have a bad signal. I didn't hear that. <laughs> no, um, but uh, we, I, I'll try to shoehorn it in as much as I can. But I'm actually I'm pretty keen to talk about the drone game as well. It's all coming up, Lee, this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I've had a decent run of it as a United fan the last couple of weeks, but look, we'll, we'll give that a miss. But uh, Kerry v Tyrone, um, it was actually a very good game. For, I'd say from a neutral point of view, it would be very enjoyable. Um, the first 20 minutes, I was actually surprised by how open it was. Um, there were some great scores kicked by both. A um, bit of a howler by Shane Ryan, right? Um, but Tyrone, and I've been giving him enough digs on here for the last couple of weeks, they showed what, to be honest, they showed what they haven't been shown for the last 18 months. And it's what we all kind of expect to see from Tyrone teams. So they played a lot of pride and passion. And I think, to be honest, I think it was their work rate and their hunger for work that got them over the line. And they showed a lot more hunger now yesterday than Kerry. Yeah, absolutely. Um they have been getting a lot of stick lately, no, no more so than from us. But uh, I think in recent weeks, it's gone from sort of uh, tactically, they don't know what they're doing till like positions, players don't know what uh, get the best out of certain players. And then because this sort of per run has gone on so long from the 2021 All-Ireland win, um, 
with you know the only other thing you could really look at was their character and then when you start like defaming their their character and it was like a lack of desire they looked toothless were all things that you know that we'd said and and they that finally seems to have broke the camel's back you know and, and brought out the sort of Tyrone spirit that they they talk about that kind of siege mentality and stuff and um, it was just so good to see it was so even when they defended with everyone behind the ball even their moments you know they were, they were getting the ball and they were celebrating turnovers um then they were all sprinting up the pitch uh the biggest addition for me was definitely Matty Donnelly um I've been crying out for him to get back into the team for a good way and I know I've been doing it probably too much because uh Neve, uh, my fiance, he was next to me, and when they announced that Maddie Donnelly was starting, she just goes, "There you go, you'll be happy now." <laughs> so that's how much I've been giving off about it, and I'm even uh, more happy after the performance he put in because they didn't just leave him up front, sort of to sit there and rat and not give him the ball. Uh, he was playing sort of a roving role. He was getting involved with everything. He was almost refereeing the game at points as well. He literally did not stop talking the entire match. Uh, David Clifford was taking a free at one point and he just kept going to the referee pointing at him. Watch how many steps he's taking. Look how many steps he's taking. You know, like he just didn't stop talking, organising the defence for kickouts, celebrating every point, um, encouraging young lads like Joe Goose and stuff. It was just phenomenal and, and really uh, the spearhead of everything that was good about Tyrone yesterday. Yeah, I was doing my piece for the Kerry's Eye this morning and like that, I mentioned um, Matty as well, like, because to be fair, when times are tough and you're not getting, you're not getting the rub of the green or things aren't going your way or just not playing well, you need fellas like him in around the place and like that, obviously you were there, you could see it up close and personal, um, how much of an impact he had probably on the rest of the players as well, you know, when, when the going gets tough, you need them fellas who have been around for 10 plus years that have been to the well and back to kind of grind it out. Um, but even Padraig Hamsey and Niall was saying, going into the game, our backs were against the wall and we came out fighting. That's what a good Tyrone team is about. Um, I think the game came at a good time from in terms of the opposition, the venue, uh, all the abuse, we call it, um, all the doubters, um, ourselves included, um, playing Kerry in Oma, it's probably exactly what they needed um, the weekend. Um, but like Lee said, it, it's what we expect to see from him. Um, but like that, even I was texting um, the editor from the Kerry's Eye during it and he was saying um, how well Tyrone were playing and how how good it was to watch them in action yesterday night. Yeah, I think at, at times it, like people could be a bit harsh on Tyrone saying that, you know, they have this kind of, they have a boring style or defensive style, but like it, it couldn't be further from the truth, really, because even though they had been struggling the last few weeks, they were still trying to play the game the right way and they were kicking the ball in and they were, you know, they were attacking and they weren't, it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just all about defending, which sometimes they're, they're accused of, but it was, it was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Um, by Tyrone, they had, I suppose, what they were really lacking the last few weeks was that bit of fire, I suppose, the real intensity in their tackling that we always associate with, with Tyrone teams. And I suppose there's been a few days this year when they haven't had that. But a Tyrone team with their backs up, we, we were probably wondering, was that response, was it, was it coming? Like, when is it going to come? And with their backs up in Oma against Kerry, and Kerry seem to be a team that Tyrone, whenever they need to, they're just able to rise it for them. And that was definitely what they did 
yesterday. Um, it was it was a brilliant display, really. They played great football. Um, I thought the likes of Frank Burns really epitomised it with that. He made an incredible block from from David Clifford when one of the few Lass. times that Clifford Clifford did get free, and he unleashed an absolute rocket exactly, and and Burns somehow got in the way of it um, and stopped it. He was brilliant. The two boys in midfield I thought were actually brilliant, Kilpatrick and Brian Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And it's often as well that you'd see them lads drifting up into the full forward positions and they ca- cause Kerry a bit of trouble up there as well. Um, so it was it was very good for Tyrone. Dara Canavan's bit at the end where he was jumping and roaring after winning a free with the jersey ripped. That was... Like we all know, he's a brilliant, skillful player, but I've never seen that sort of real passion from him. Um, so it just it showed how fired up they were for that yesterday. Yeah, he got a score as well, where he kind of um, he kind of made a bit of a fool of Jason Foley up by the sideline, but he showed pace, strength, and it's not very often you praise a fisted point, mm-hmm. but he fisted over the left. Um, that was a brilliant score, had everything in it, had the vision, had the Magic. creativity, had pace, had power. It was, it was brilliant to watch. Um, and like that, obviously, Rory was coming on late as well. So we, we've been saying it for weeks. You have, they had the players, um, but for whatever reason, they weren't getting it out of them. And good players, it, it's just not enough. But yesterday, even Connor Myler, Connor, um, I've met Connor on numerous occasions, good guy unbelievable athlete um, anyone that follows him on Instagram will see all the training he does but he hadn't been playing that well mm. he'd been playing quite poor and I like I think most people would have predicted that he'd pick up party yesterday and he kept party totally out of the game um, the surprise for me was after 20 minutes I, I think I tweeted about it as well um, that I just felt the way the game was going Kerry would be really happy with this and I think it'd be interesting to know if uh, Shane Ryan hadn't had that blunder how things would have gone because Kerry seemed to be chipping on scores there um, at their ease um, Tyrone weren't getting bodies back as quick and when you look at the first score of the game Shawnee Shea's goalie mm-hmm. it was very typical of how Tyrone had been defensively up to that point like he just burst past three players or four players I actually think were there and rattled it into the roof net and I just kind of thought alright Tyrone aren't going to show up again today. But it took to about 20 minutes for them to kind of get on top of what Kerry were doing. Obviously, Sean O'Shea was playing closer to goal. Um, and it was kind of like a bit of a wake-up call that this might get away from us. And all of a sudden, David was getting... He, no, he got one outrageous score that, Lee, I'm sure you'll talk about because you were telling me about the view you had of it. But um, it took up to it about that point until they started getting two and three players around the likes of David around the likes of Shawnee and that'll be something we'll talk about in a bit more time but um, Tyrone could you see it in the game Lee mm-hmm. the actual point where they started it was like they upped the ante it was like the pace the intensity yeah. changed because I thought after about 20 <clears throat> minutes I was like this is going to be a nice game of football yeah no definitely because like as you say, I mean, we were barely in our seats and Sean O'Shea cuts through and gets the goal. And there there definitely was that sort of feeling just around the place of, 
oh, here we go again, you know, like uh, nothing's changed, obviously. Um, but like looking back at it now, I'm glad that happened because we kept talking about how, you know, they can't seem, their their confidence seems so fragile and they can't seem to respond to it. So the fact that they did yesterday um, will put them in good stead going forward. But there was different things they were trying, even though they struggled, they're struggling to get into the game after the goal, uh, Gary definitely looked, looked on top. But they were trying different things, like Dar McCurry had a sideline and just like a little inventive thing, you know, uh, he saw Con Kilpatrick uh, was just right on on the square and he puts in a big, long high ball into him there. And, you know, and it nearly turned into something, and just that little bit of inventiveness and that and for ha- him having the confidence to do that, because, you know, when things are going wrong um, and you got the, the pressure of everyone on your shoulders, that you don't really want to try those sort of risky things. But he, he was up for it. And then the, we started to get a little bit more courageous with our pass. There was a fair bit of kicking going forward, but the goal, yeah, definitely changed the momentum. Uh, Brian Kennedy got a hand to it. I think it's Shane Ryan to punch it out, but the keeper obviously should have been doing a lot better. And then they sort of build momentum from there onwards. But it was just so good to see because, like, it isn't all just heart and desire too. I mean, like obviously that's so much of it, but they did change some things tactically that I thought were very important. Um, moving Potty Hampshire to fullback first of all was was a big one. Cormac Monroe had been doing okay there, but like they sort of Toronto been getting sliced through the middle with Peter Hart at six and Cormac Monroe at three. So they move Monroe into six centre half back, uh, Potty Hampshire until fullback. And then they left Peter Hart on the wing where, you know, that's where he plays his best football going forward, making things happen and tracking back, you know, with the sort of energy that he has. They moved Connor Myler into halfback again. He'd been playing half forward for a lot of it. He picked up Potty Clifford in the 21 semi-final, and, you know, and he did a brilliant job on him there. So that'll give him lots of confidence. Um, and then it was just big score. After that goal, you know, the crowds, we, you know, we started sort of to believe again. And I think a little bit of it is when a goal like that goes in, and, and the nature of it, uh, you, you started like, here, this could be your day because, you know, how often are you going to get something like that against the All-Ireland champions? Yeah, it, 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 sometimes all it takes is a moment like that. And like, we have a bit of a running order here, a running order here in Ireland. We have done it, not to worry, not too much to worry about for Kerry, but I, I, I'm not too sure, to be honest, um, not to be too pessimistic. It was only a defeat in Omen. To be fair, not many teams go to Omen winning. Kerry, we don't have the best record up there anyway. It, it was never going to be an easy game, and it's definitely not a place that you go to expecting to come up with a handy two points. But Kerry, Kerry won all Ireland last year, probably based on two things: the magic of Clifford and defensive structure, where they were outstanding. They didn't cough up many chances. They conceded, I thought, two goals all year, and one of them was a penalty, something crazy like that. But they're coughing up a lot of goal chances at the moment. Um, now, we talked about Shane's mistake, but he made two absolutely brilliant saves as well. Um, I, and I, 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 I pointed this out about Tyrone, that sometimes when you win All-Ireland, you lose your edge. You get a bit softer. And maybe that is a team with Kerry. And look, I don't know. It's very. I found the league actually quite hard to judge teams. You don't know what their, what their plan is for the league at the moment. But I do find that Kerry are not getting back as quickly to help out their their buddy, their teammate. They're being left one-on-one more than they were last year. I, I found that teams are engaging, obviously, Ty gets centre-back a bit more and trying to pull him away. Um, and obviously, the opposition, uh, Niall, are double and triple marking the likes of David. And 
obviously, look, I think most teams now going forward are going to try and do what Conor Myler has done to Potty Clifford really well. Is They're going to try and follow him everywhere because they know how influential he is. So I think if teams keep doing this and with the running style, um, even Roscommon have now in two weeks, um, Kerry, there might be a few issues there that Jack has to get come to terms with, I think. <clears throat> Are um, Brian Begley and Gavin White far away, Darren, or do you know? Uh, do you know what? I haven't heard a peep about Brian Begley. Um, and mm. he's a huge loss, I think, for Kerry because I think he's one of the best in the country at actually going for the short kick out and carrying the ball out of defence. And obviously, he has that bit of spikiness that I like in a defender. Um, mm. I think Gavin White is closer. I thought he might be touch and go for the Tyrone game. But you'd imagine an extra two weeks for Ross Common, he'd be available for some game time. But He's played no football now since the All-Ireland. Um, long time without football, but he, like uh, knowing the fella that he is, I don't think it'll take him long to get up to speed. He's unbelievably diligent about what he does. Um, but there'll be huge plus that's come back. But Brian's a big one, and I've genuinely heard nothing about, I don't even know what the injury is. Um, but I think he's a huge loss to carry because he is a bit of everything. He's a threat going forward. He has that spikiness in defence, and I thought he was brilliant last year at being an outlet for the short kick-out. Mm-hmm. So, like yeah. that, they need, like, there are two players that, obviously, missing from the team is a big loss, but panel-wise, then, they're just that bit weaker. Yeah, I think they need them, boys, definitely. Um, one thing that kind of I was a little bit surprised at uh, at Kerry yesterday was Jack O'Connor, the substitutions, really, um, Jack O'Connor taking off Tony Brosnan, just under three quarter hour mark, and like we had been kind of a small bit critical of Tony Brosnan, Killian Spillane, Darren Minahan, these boys, saying that they hadn't really took their chance. Um, but I thought that when Tony Brosnan kicked that winner, that brilliant winner against Armagh last week, I thought this. And when you see him kicking two brilliant scores um, in the first half, I thought, you know, Tony Brosnan is here now, and he's he's kind of settling into it. I thought he was harsh enough taken off now to be taken off after just 45 minutes um, when he looked lively enough. He wasn't given much of a chance in the second half. And Ocumber as well, I thought he was actually, I know at times maybe he can be a small bit loose in possession, but he's a brilliant man to carry the ball. And he'd remind you a bit of Brendan Rodgers when, when he's running through the midfield with the ball, which is something that I think I think he's a great find for Kerry that way. And I suppose it was surprised that he was taken off after 58 minutes he's as well. Injured. So, oh, a cumber. Yeah, his hamstring went, I think. It could done, like he was holding it anyway. So, I don't, I don't know. Well, I am, I thought he was, was going to be taken off anyway because he was only yellow and he is quite rash with his tackling. Um, but I thought he played well yesterday for Kerry. Uh, but my big thing with Stefan is he just needs games. He's played very little football over a number of years. And even after all Ireland last year, he um, went for surgery, I think, on his shoulder, and then he went travelling. So he needs games. And like that, hopefully, if, it, if there is an injury, it's not too bad for him because yeah. I thought he played okay. I thought he played quite well. He's very athletic. He's brave. He's willing to try and go by a man. He's willing to take a chance. But you'll see there was a moment there, I can't remember the minute, in the second half where he was coming out the fence and tried to hand pass over someone's head, got intercepted, scored yeah, for Tyrone. Mm-hmm. It's small things like that. That's just football brain. That he's just not up to speed with it yet because of the lack of football he's, he's had. But look, to be honest, we could spend all day talking about Kerry and Tyrone, but 
we'll go down to probably what was the most anticipated game of the weekend. It was down in Division 2, Dublin versus Derry, um, a game of two halves. I think the first half was about Dublin showing that this is what we do, there's no bothers. And then the second half, it was about Derry and what they're bringing to the table. But I think it, it was a prime example of Dublin, really, of what they're capable of in the first half to more or less what they're showing on a more regular basis at the moment in the second half. Would you agree with that, Lee? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, first half looked like the Dublin of old, but then I think Derry let them be the Dublin of old. I mean, they sat off so deep. It was a bit weird. Uh, Roy Gallagher said that in the first half they played within themselves, and that exact phrasing and wording was repeated by Brendan Rogers after the game as well, about them playing in, uh, within themselves and being like standoffish. And I just think when you sit that deep against that Dublin team, you know, they, they that whole six in a row era, uh, they're just, you know, they're probably the best drill team in the country to play against that kind of football. If you're just going to sit off them and sort of guard the D and, and, and protect your goal and, and make that the, your top priority, because they'll just pick you off. And Brian Fenton in particular was, was unbelievable. I'd, I'd sort of already started a story. I was covering the game um, and it started a story and it was going to take the angle about Brian Fenton, you know, still the best about kind of thing. Um, but then. I had to quickly hit the delete button, delete everything, and, and I went for a, a different approach in the second half. Uh, Change that quickly. Yeah. Um, Garth McKillness then became uh, the angle I took because he came on and I just thought he typified everything that you expect from a dairy team, from a, a Rory Gallagher dairy team. And then I just sort of put myself in the position of being a manager like Rory was. Your team's playing really, really poor. They look like, you know, they look lost out there in the first half. Um, and you think, well, I got to make a change here. And quite often when you make that change, you know, it, it more often than not, it probably doesn't have the impact that you desired. But he 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 must have just been delighted with it because he literally changed the game himself just by being like, I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying it, <laughs> but he really doesn't mind being the villain. Do you know what I mean? Like he'll get stuck in. He he may, he dives a bit. We're not agreeing with that, definitely not. But uh, the intensity and the drive and the like, you can't stand next to a player like that and see how much he's willing to like dive for the ball and and not feel inspired and not copy him and and try to and try to match that sort of energy. And I just thought he drove them on so much. And then it was sort of Dublin that kind of nearly went in with within themselves and uh, cracks in the confidence started to show. Now, if you're Dublin, if you're a Dublin supporter, you're a Dublin player or whatever, well, I'm finding it hard to figure out where, just whereabouts they are. Um, like in that first half, like that, Derry, as has been said, playing within themselves, they made it easy for Dublin because a lot of the Dublin boys, whether they're in form or out of form, they're used to teams sitting back against them. They're used to being patient. And even the first score of the game... Um, the kind of reverse run along the end line, a little pop pass over, like it was prime Dublin. But I don't think teams are going to do that too often against them anymore. Obviously, the fear factor isn't quite what it was. I just, I don't know about you, but I, I'm so unsure about Dublin. And I said it last week that I had a buddy of mine and he was um, telling me he thinks Dublin are building something nicely. I, I just can't see it. And like that, it's one of these games that could come back to bite me in the arse. But they're just, and I can't put my finger on it, they're lacking something. And they show moments where they add a bit of zip and pace. But by and large, it's slow 
and boring and pedestrian. I, I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you're thinking on it tonight. Yeah, I think this year, like starting off in Division Two, it, like it would be very easy if if you if you put yourself in the Dublin players' shoes, it'd be probably easy enough for them to think, Do you know, this is probably this is going to be easy. We're going to win these games handy, and we won't have to. You know, you can probably get into a bit of a comfort zone there. But I think this was the first time there was a bit of talk the last few weeks. And coming into this Derry game, Derry were the favourites. Like, And you could see in the first half that like this was hurting Dublin. And this was on their minds. They wanted to show that like we're not, like, we're not finished yet. And in fairness to them, they did show that in the first half. Um, as Lee mentioned, Fenton was was unbelievable. He was back to his best, and he was running away from Brendan Rodgers. Lee Gannon was brilliant again, kicked two brilliant scores as he has done. Um, he's he's been the real bright spark for them um, throughout this league. But um, yeah, I suppose you still the way they finish, you'd still be a small bit unsure about Dublin because they're probably you know they haven't shown enough yet to show that they're. They're, they're going really well or they're not like I think time is the only thing that will really tell where, where Dublin are at at the minute um so yeah it's 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 it, I'd say it was disappointing for they would be disappointed to lose that game but at the same time they'll take they'll take a bit of um they'll take positives from it um because do you know that, that game was probably that's going to be the toughest game that they'll have now um, well, they'll, pro- they'll probably get to a league final against Derry. That'll be another one. Um, but they won't have too many other big and tough games where t- t- a team like Derry will be really putting it up to them now because they'll probably cruise through the Leinster Championship again. So, you know, that was an important game for Dublin. And in fairness to them, they lifted it a small bit. Um, and maybe j- just we're we're still lacking lacking a bit in the end. So it is. It's hard to it's hard to really read where they're really at at the minute. And they've got players to come back yeah. as well. I think so. There's there's always that sort of caveat that they rest on. Yeah, but that, I think that's thrown around by a lot of teams. But I I just think you know the season's very short now, and what's it, you might have fifteen games maybe max. Um, I just find it hard that teams are going. Oh, we, they don't want to peak this early. It's only 14, 15 games. Like, it's not a lot of games to be peaking for. And if you're basing the argument on peaking for a certain time, you're kind of, it's very, it's hit and miss. Like, you're hoping, you're just hoping that come semi final, Paul Ireland semi final time, that you'll automatically hit form when you haven't up to this point. And from a Derry point of view, like, Derry are definitely up at the top table at the moment. They're one of the, I suppose they're the, one of the big contenders for the Sam Maguire. And the thing I see in Derry, every game that they play, that, they seem to have the same motivation. No matter who they're playing against, their same style, their same energy, the same dogged desire and drive to win. And I think, this is me now personally, I think it's a case of, right, we have three years max to go balls out, hell for leather, no stone unturned. We need to win All Ireland in three years. That's it. That's it. Because if you don't in them three years, the energy drops, and it's just not sustainable. Um, I think Donegal did something similar back under Tim McInnes. Um, it was just 
hell for leather. Teams just couldn't cope with it. But then it dies off. So I'm not sure, would you agree with that? Or is that just me on one of my little <laughs> sidewinders? No, I think so, yeah. Because Rory is obviously a very demanding manager. Um, and I reckon to be a dairy player is a very demanding thing, you know. Uh, obviously, the flip side is that, you know, they get to go and play in big games against Dublin and get the win and stuff and, and the crowd and everything. So, you know, it's it's worth it. Is and he makes it sort of worth it, but I think it is very like the Jim McGuinness here, and obviously Roy Gallagher was involved with that as well. Like if you even think of the players in that Donegal team that retired early because they nearly had some sort of mental burnout, you know, like um, uh, Mark McHugh, you know, everyone thought he'd be playing for Donegal for years, but he sort of left the panel relatively soon after Jim McGuinness left, and it could be something similar again with Derry, like a big, big burst. Let's really go for this you know, no stone on turn kind of thing. Um, but I do wonder more about them in the sense that, like, that's obviously a huge statement win and that's and it's fantastic. And and they banished, I said that they, uh, in an article, that they banished the ghosts of uh, Donegal two years ago. If you remember that championship, uh, they were a point down and they passed the ball along, to like, laterally for that long. The full-time whistle just went, like, nobody even tried to take the shot. But Brendan Rodgers stepped up on this occasion and did it, you know. So they've come forward since then. But I'm thinking last season against Galway, when things weren't going their way, um, they struggled to, like, mix up their game. You know, they couldn't... We were talking about how, why didn't they throw Conor Glass, you know, right on the day and start, you know, launching balls in and, and, and getting something out of it. You know, they, they always stick to their type of football. They revert to type. Um, do you think... They have already now. Has, has much changed, or are they just doing the same thing a little bit better again? Do you know what I mean? Um, no, I think they have. I think I think the players have become more comfortable and confident as the games have gone on, and I think they probably have more match winners in their ranks now than they than they would have had mm-hmm. even even a year ago, um, and that all comes with winning games getting better um, trust from the manager and then the momentum um, like if you look at it, like without going back to Kerry uh, Kerry Lasher it was a case of hit the ground running get momentum and keep that rolling and I think that's what Derry are trying to do just get momentum get confidence the more games you play the more confident you become the more trust the manager has in you and then the more the more you want to be in that position late on in the game where 12 months, 18 months ago, you wouldn't have wanted the ball to take a shot. Now, all of a sudden, you're probably going to have one, two, three, four players mm-hmm. who are confident and becoming more bigger names and bigger leaders. So it, it's, it's all a bit of a journey like that. And momentum's a big thing, I think. And winning's a habit. And winning games late on it becomes a habit because that brings confidence as well. So like that, I think they're building nicely. And I know it's Division 2 and a lot of the teams maybe wouldn't be up to the same standard. Uh, but in terms of form, themselves and Mayo are the, the two standouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we're going to go next, down to Mayo Roscommon. I thought this would be a game of shadow boxing. Um, we have a few incidents to talk about, but it definitely wasn't a shadow boxing game that I think a lot of us would have expected now. No, in fairness, um, geez, Mayo went hell for letter right from the start, um, as they have been, I suppose, the whole this whole league t- t- to date. Um, I was going to say, not like them to go hell for letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, classic Mayo, definitely. Um, 
they were flying early on uh, and Roscommon were kind of out of the game. Um, Fionn McDonough actually I thought was, he was brilliant in, in the early stages. He um, He's come on a lot. Um, that man, Dermot O'Connor was good. Jack Carney was, he's really standing up as a key man for Mayo. And all them new lads that they have, all them lads that break through, broke through this year, they're all continuing to impress um the likes of McBride who who's a beast at full back um and and all these other fellas they're going really well at, at the minute um in fairness Roscommon it did like when they're 5-0 down early on you're thinking uh this you know this could be a bit of a damaging one if if this stays going like this but um Davy Burke was happy after the game and with good reason I'd say because you know they didn't. Even though things were going against them, they did. They did show great heart to get back into the game, and they really could have won it at the end. Uh, ben O'Carroll got a good chance. Um, it was Dermot O'Connor that blocked it, but you know that would have won it for them. So he'll be ha- he'll be still happy enough, even though they have lost two um, on the bounce. Enda Smith scored one of his brilliant trademark goals. Um, a kick out kind of broke him and just the way he ran through, he, he'd remind you a bit of Brendan Rogers as well, the way he runs through on the ball and just a lovely little dummy then to kind of only a half dummy sold Dermot O'Connor and slotted it into the, into the corner. It was brilliant. Um, from Enda Smith. So look, Roscommon won't be too disappointed. The, the big one is obviously coming down the line in, in Connacht. Yeah. Um, and Lee, I hope, I don't know, did you notice, but Niall took all the good stuff and he's leaving you with the controversial yeah, instance yeah. to talk about. Because there is a few of them. Yeah, there is, definitely. Uh, but fair play to Niall, he managed to go the whole segment without mentioning it. So, <laughs> Lee, it's up to you. Yeah, he's doing a balancing act on that fence there. Um, so yeah. I think that, the, well, I know it's probably a topic we're going to talk about a lot because it, it just seemed to sort of yeah. emphasize itself. At the weekend in particular, uh, and it's Davin' um, and the Connor Cox Dave against Mayo. You know, he, he it was only on the pitch, and like, and he went on actually uh, had a brilliant game and a huge impact on it. But this was just really embarrassing, to be honest. He runs straight into Matty Ryan and falls, holding his face, and then he lies there. And the physio comes on. Davy Burke's going mad in the sideline. The referee didn't do anything. Like, he, as, and I'm glad that he didn't because there was nothing in it. But now I'm sort of thinking, well, actually, you no, know, he should have. You know, you got to be punished for that. Like simulation is meant to be a yellow card offence, I think. Um, I'm beginning to think maybe it should be a black card offence. You know, if you're going to try something, if you're going to try to get a player sent off deliberately uh, through simulation, like that's that's just cheating. That's what that is. Um, and the punishment then should be that, you know, your team now is a man down, and the black card for me seems like a good a good way of trying to stamp that out because it's just. Like embarrassing is the word. I mean, I don't know. Like, and it's yeah. it's not it's not like it's particularly new. Like, there's there's incidents throughout history, you know, of all of this. Like, I mean, the Tiernan McCann one nearly ten years ago now, and then even way back, like Aidan O'Mahony obviously went through got a lot of stick for his one against Cork back in two thousand four, I think. Um, you know, so it's been there in moments, but it, it's just, this it's because it was nearly in one weekend, and you know, uh, the Galway captain, uh did it as with Sean Kelly, did something very similar as well. Like, it's just, there, there has to be a consequence for it. There, there definitely has to be a consequence. And it, you would have mentioned the word there a few times, embarrassing. Like, I was trying to go through this without mentioning soccer, but we'd be watching soccer a lot. A lot of us would watch the soccer anyway, and you'd watch him. 
and they get a bang in the shoulder and they go down and hold their face and you're going, how do they not be mortified after? And it is like, but like in terms of Connor's, like like Connor Don the storm man Don Kerry, like big strong man. Mm-hmm. What is going through your head to run into a fella and hit the deck? Genuine, I I I don't know because the next time then you'll be giving it large to a fella telling him how tough you are. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I'd agree with it. Um, in terms of, I do, I think. Black or red? If you know somebody's diving, yeah, I'm black or red. Don't mind the yellow card. The yellow card's a waste of time because fellas don't care about the yellow card. Um, it's a black or red. Your team has to suffer for it, and then you will be embarrassed. Do you know? Yeah. Then how do you look? Look, fellas in the in the eye in the dressing room, or walking down the street, wherever you're from. Do you know? Like it's like I know there was another controversial incident with involving Enda Smith and Matty Ruan Nile like I, I don't know like this stuff is in the game forever like this isn't new but obviously there's we see so much of the games now there's so much on social media as well after like fellas need to have a bit more cop on that you're not getting away with it you know and like you get tagged with this stuff you don't shake it off that just that sticks with you as well like yeah, um, well, sure, you guys know how big of a fan of Enda Smith I am. I'm nearly always talking about him and the way he plays. He's we one are, of my, to be fair. He's one, yeah, like he's one of my favourite players um, at the minute. But like what he did to Matt Iran was, was shocking, really, because Matt Iran was just lying on the ground and Smith just stamped on him. Uh, like out of nowhere, really, it was a shocking um, thing to do. And, you know, it was a blatant red card if anyone had seen it. But just a complete um, loss of the head from Enda Smith. I didn't really think he had that kind of... I've never seen him kind of do anything um, as silly as that before and lose the head like that. So that was uh, that was shocking to see. And just on the diving thing, like, I remember you mentioned the Aidan O'Mahony one there, Lee, and mm-hmm. like watching his Laker Gale recently when that happened, I know it was a bigger game now. But there was a big, huge public outcry about this. And the same with the Tierney McCann one. And he was slated. Like, um, It's probably, it's just, it's nearly becoming a bit more accepted now. Like, it just happens. And the commentators don't mention it. It's just like, oh, the kind of, the talk is that, you know, that was clever. That was a clever thing to do. Um, to win that free or to dive, to buy that free. Um but that Connor Cox one is the worst I've ever seen. Like because he is only after coming onto the field, and Madron is like from what you can see. Unless the only thing you could say is if there was something that Madron did. But from what we saw, like Connor Madron is just standing there, and Connor Cox just runs at him and like dives on the ground. Like it's it's really embarrassing. Like to see that. Like whether you're a teammate. Um, I'm sure Connor Cox, if he looks back on that, he'll be embarrassed himself because, like, that is not like the integrity of the game. You're shaking lad's hand after the game. Like, how do you shake a lad's hand if he's going on like that? Um, like, just trying to get you sent off out of absolutely nothing. Like, um, it was shocking to see. And Sean Kelly as the Galway captain, like, that was terrible as well. Just tried to soak Kieran Duffy up going down. He actually went down like he was shot and he got a little. A little brush into the ribs is all you could say. Like so, um, yeah, it was terrible. I think, 
I think you hit the nail on the head there, Niall. It's the whole after the game, then going up eye to eye with a fella shaking his hand or good game. Like, yeah, look, I definitely think it is something that needs to be highlighted more. And you could be kind of torn between, oh, it's an amateur game. You don't want to be dragging fellas through the mud with it and highlighting all the negative stuff. But to stamp it out, you have to name and shame. It has to be highlighted. There has to be a case where you're sitting home watching the Sunday game and Ixon does a piece on you for a couple of minutes and they're showing it to the nation. You fall It's the only the way. It's the only way. I, I, I do. I think, I think you're right. Um, and it, look... Like I, I know from the late brigade with Manny, he, he had stuff going on at the time, and he, that that is the bother at the moment. You don't know what's going on with fellas' heads, but like that, we won't keep going on with Connor's thing. But there has to be thinking in that. I'll run at this guy, hit the ground, and he'll get a yellow or red. It's just wrong. But um, look, it was a good game. We won't get tied up with it. I think it sets up the Connor championship nicely. Um, like you said, both managers would be very happy with. I think they'll both be very happy where they're both at at the moment. Um, so I think it's... Uh, and it was good for a neutral point of view to be able to watch a good game that I suppose a lot of us weren't sure, Lee, if we'd get a bit of the... the I don't know, the old shadow boxing, as we called it, and whatever. But uh, no, I think the kind of championship is going to be exciting this year. It'll be interesting to see, like, the way Mayo are going in, right? I think they're probably already in the league final. Ross Common have a couple of tough games to come but they'll be happy enough just to be safe I think at this stage get two good games under their belt um, but yeah it'll be interesting to see how the remainder league goes they're down to Clarny next and I think they'll give Kerry enough bother you know Kerry um, are obviously better at home um, but I think their style of play and a big physical men as well they can mix up the running and the kicking game I think they'll, they'll cause Kerry trouble and you never know. I, I think the more games they have, like we talked about Derry, building momentum, building confidence, that's what it's all about with the championship so close. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we'll stay in um, we'll stay in Connacht and we'll talk about Sean Kelly a bit later because I was surprised at him. You know, to be honest, I didn't think he was that type of guy. But uh, not a big win for Galway. Um, Shane Walsh is back in the squad. Um, like that does another incident we call it it's all incidents this weekend Peter Cook red card for using his knee in a tussle and he's been a big player from so far in the league in the league, uh, league. so yeah. he'll be a loss going forward yeah yeah he's, he's sort of been like I think with the criticism of Galway last year you know they, they got Galway or they got Kerry in the All-Ireland final right sort of down to the wire but then that last 10 minutes uh, when the squad depth came to the fore that's when they look like the lesser team and you think that they're going to have to unearth a few players and get, they were waiting for a lot of players to come back from injury and things and to bulk out that squad. And Peter Cook is definitely a huge, huge player for them now. Yeah, I think he'd already kicked two points before that. He was clearly very up for it, probably too up for it. You know, he was playing on the edge. He got involved in a tussle off the ball. They're on the ground wrestling and he gets up and then he sort of does the old, falls back down, you know, with his knees first and it did look a sore one in fairness. Uh, you wouldn't have accused him or anyone of, of simulation in that situation. So, but it sort of worked out still well for Galway in the end because like you think about the league and you talk about momentum and you want to, you know, there's a bit of experimentation uh, in terms of positions and trying to figure out the kind of style of football that, that suits you best. But a lot of it too is like, 
coming up against adversities and then getting over that line. And then you can, you know, use that again as like a reference point later on in the championship. And that that's really important. And that's what a lot of what the league is about as well. So Galway went in at halftime. They were a point down. They were a man down. You know, Monaghan had won their two games previous. Like this isn't the, the passive Monaghan that played Kerry a few weeks ago. Like they, they look a lot better, a lot better organised as well. So the backs were up against the wall for Galway. We already talked about the players that they're missing already. Um, and they, they stood up to it and they took charge. And they were very, very good. Like, I mean, I, I do think that this, just because of the way Dublin are, Kerry are having a sort of shaky start, uh, which, you know, who knows with your own, like, are they going to compete or aren't they? Like, it's it's hard to tell. Um, this is a golden opportunity for them to attack the All-Ireland, you know. I'm not saying they're, they're 100% contenders, I think, and, and I think they're better poised depending on how well, you know, Comer and Walsh and how soon they can get back into the swing of things. But I think they're better poised this year to to win the whole thing than they maybe were last year and, and things are looking good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think uh, like that their squad is definitely stronger um this year. Um I'm not I haven't actually heard how long they're expecting Comer to be over. Does anyone know about that? I, I just heard he maybe he'll be back for championship. That's what they said. I don't know if that meant the opening tie or but definitely missing the league. Um, of course, the, the that could be smokes and mirrors too, and you can see them on the last day. But well, the sooner the better from from a neutral point of view. You know, you want to see these teams with their best players. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, Niall Monaghan would be disappointed, like B said, up by a point at halftime with an extra man after two wins in a row. Um, chance to probably secure safety. Um, they'll be disappointed to have let it slip. They will be disappointed, but the reason I would say they lost is because they were missing their best player, and that was Jack McCarron. He was named to start and um, was replaced late on. So he is he's so good at the minute, he's just a huge loss. I think he's the complete focal point for Monaghan, and I really think, do you know, Monaghan probably don't have huge strength and depth to come in, and I think if they're missing him... Um, it's a bit of a disaster, really. Um, so they'll be doing everything they can now to keep him fit because, look, he has had injuries in the past and he pulled his hamstring the first round of the league this year against Armagh. They need him fit. Um, actually, Sean Jones, in fairness, he's another lad. He's a brilliant forward for Monaghan and he's done really well in this league so far. Um, kicked two points yesterday, so picked up a, a bit of the slack from, from McCarran, but... As far as I'm concerned, Monaghan just aren't the same team without um, Jack McCarron. Um, they, in fairness, like they were up by two points after five minutes in the second half. Um, Galway had a bit of a breeze then and and kicked on. Um, in fairness to Galway, they've been finishing strong in nearly all their games um, this year. Uh, Paul Connery was a man of the match. I'm sure you've seen that point he scored, the outside the boot, lads. It was a, a thing of absolute beauty now. Um, to be fair to him, and yeah, Galway are are moving very nicely. Like with all them boys, once you've Shane, like Shane Walsh is back now, like they brought on Killian McDade. There's a load of lads stepping up. Um, for Galway, the likes of Dylan McHugh, Tierney is obviously really stepping up. Johnny Heaney getting a goal. He's kind of Mister Consistent. Um, but yeah, Galway are looking like I'd say it's between themselves and Mayo's Mayo for the best teams in the league so far. Derry not too far behind. Yeah, I think they're they're building away nicely, and uh, 
Lee, we'll just give Sean Kelly a little moment, <laughs> little moment in the sun like we gave to Connor. Um, it was another embarrassing moment. Um, you know, just from watching him over the last couple of years, definitely didn't think he'd have it in him. I don't know why, but you always think that the backs are less likely to do it. But I definitely think it was one of the ones where he went down and it was a case of, oh my God, I need to get back up here quick because yeah. Like, yeah. it was a brush. It was a brush to the wrist. That, that's it. That's all it was. Um, and I think it was Duffy that he that he did it to. Uh, and well, you get sort of scared when you're watching it because you don't, like, even though we've seen it, like, you're, you're afraid that the referee will fall for it. And, and you could genuinely see the fear on, you know, the Monaghan player's face. Like, he, you, and you don't know how to react in that situation because how do you be, because if you walk away and someone's rolling on the ground, you sort of look guilty. Um, if you start, you know, saying that he died and whatever, sure, that's what they all say after you. Even when you do throw a dick, you know, you're just going to accuse them of yeah. So there's, you, you just feel really stuck and caught in this sort of situation where, like, you try not to look guilty and it makes you look even more guilty and you're afraid that you're going to, you know, feel the wrath of, of this of, all because of, of, of someone's simulation. But it was so disappointing to Sean Kelly. It genuinely was, um, you know, captain, leader and all, you know, everything that you associate, everything that's good about Galway is, is you know, typified by him. And to do that was just, it's just sad because the thing about David as well is that like it, it's almost, it's sort of premeditated. Do you know what I mean? It's not really a snap decision. You know, like you gotta, like you, you go up to these people and then they throw the hand and, you, and then, you, you know, you're trying to engage them to, to at least make some sort of motion. And then you go down acting like, you know, you were hit with a ton of bricks. Um, so there's that, that element of it. Like yeah, the fact that, you know, they're so, they're trying so hard. They're so willing. And it was so clear in their heads. It's, it's like the opposite of when, you see the red mist and you throw a punch. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's actually a bit more colder and even crueler than, than losing the, your temper and doing something that you probably shouldn't do. So very, very disappointed to be, to be honest. I sound like a, a his yeah. dad here, but I'm very disappointed in you, Sean. But I was just like listening away there, kind of caught in my own word listening. But they, they are the words. You, It is just sad. It's disappointing. And you'd hope that this is something that's probably just become more prevalent. And, you know, the more that it's highlighted, the more we'll cut it out of the game. Because obviously when it happens, you're disappointed or whatever. But certain players doing it, then it, it is quite sad. They're like, oh, geez, I didn't think you were like that now. But uh, no, it's definitely something that I agree has to, be, um, has to be highlighted. You have to be shamed. You have to be embarrassed. And then you just plow on. You get on with it and you learn your lesson. And don't do it again, kind of. Now we do something like this, Father. <laughs> no, right? Just don't do that again. But uh, at the moment, I suppose, look, it was a missed opportunity for Monaghan. I just think after two wins on the bounce, being a man up at half time and a point up, uh, look, Donegal looks certain to go down. We'll talk about them now in a second. But Monaghan could have been up to the six point mark, more or less, to secure their safety for another year. Um, but obviously, Tyrone's win against Kerry. They look like they're they're going to be coming into form at the right time, but you don't know. Um, but it was an opportunity I think missed. Um, but Donegal, it was Donegal Armagh, good win for Armagh, but they, they weren't overly impressive, and I don't think they've been a bit impressive so far um, in this league, despite them being in the position they're in, um, which is probably a good thing for them. They're winning games without hitting the ground, totally running. But there was a couple of dubious decisions in this. We're all we talk, talk about today is referees and diving. But uh, 
think the free count was 23, 23 to Donegal's eight. Now, either Donegal are awful tacklers or the referee was maybe a bit lopsided with his judgment, Niall. What do you reckon? Um, I'd say, yeah, Donegal would have, they'd be within the rights to be a little bit uh, unhappy with the referee. I know Paddy Carr wasn't too happy afterwards. He uh, said he couldn't understand um, some of the decisions and, and some of them were hard to, to get your head around. Um, really, there was a Charlie Oak Burns one. He was running through late on and he was given a free and he, he'd either overcarried the ball or he wasn't really wasn't really touched. And it was at a crucial stage as well. Um, I think Armagh were actually kind of a little bit lucky in, in this one. Um, they kind of they got the scores and got frees at times when, you know, the game was in the melting pot. Um, so Donegal would be a little bit disappointed about that. But Donegal... They're they're missing. They're definitely missing Michael Murphy. They're missing Paddy McBrearty because they've very little. They just don't seem to have much of an idea um, up front. It's kind of all a little bit haphazard, and it's all they're waiting, and it's so slow watching them. They're waiting and passing outside the screen, and there's no real kind of. I don't know. There's no real desire, no drive to kind of just make something happen. And they just have no, they don't have much of an attacking threat up there. Um, Armagh, in fairness, they like they're they're winning, but they're not. They haven't been overly impressive. They kind of have. Reen O'Neill is kind of all over the shop, and he he's either up in the full forward line or he's back as he was in the full back line catching a ball under his crossbar late on. Um, so I don't know. I don't think they're really getting the best out of him the way he's he's all over the shop, um, and they're not really kicking. They're not getting too much ball into the full forward line. So it's um, yeah. I don't know. I just haven't been as impressed with them as I as as I thought they would be. I thought they'd really kick on after after last year. Do you know? Yeah, from a Donegal point of view, and I don't think or my buddy Eamon McGee would be too happy. I definitely think they're in a stage now where they need to go backwards, go forwards. I think to grow and to create a few new leaders in the team, maybe going down to Division 2, which looks inevitable at this stage, um, might be a bad thing because, like you said, they look a bit lost at the moment. They're missing something up front. They don't really have a style of play. They've lost their two biggest leaders um, over the last couple of years. So it's about kind of resetting and starting again um, and leave from an Armagh point of view look they're winning games they're not as attractive on the eye this year like, like we said they haven't hit the ground totally running but they are winning games which is the main thing um, but for the last two games of the league I do think it'll be about getting a performance and building that bit of confidence and having like we said a, a, a style of play you know having a set position for Rian O'Neill because being here there and everywhere it's no good for him, which is probably no good for the team either. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about this in, la- in last week's podcast. I think we called it the sort of Michael Murphy conundrum, you know, where do you get the best out of out of your player? I mean, it sort of seemed, I think you're 
it seemed ob- very obvious to you. It was just playing him in the full forward position, keep him closer to goal. Uh, Kerry Kenny did something similar. They experimented with Sean O'Shea. Do you remember he was in and out of midfield for a while and then Jack O'Connor just sort of made the decision closer to goals where we need him to get the best out of him. And you haven't really looked back since. And even now when there's maybe a gap in that midfield with, with injuries and I know Stefano Cumbers, they're trying to sort of shape him to maybe take that position. Like you would be tempted nearly to bring Sean back into it, but they've learned their lesson in that regard. And if you're going to get the most out of him, closer to goal. And I just feel like that that that, that makes sense to me from Ray O'Neill. But maybe maybe it's an individual thing. Maybe it's hidden. You know, like he's just that sort of player. Like I want to get my hands on the ball. And he's the one that keeps on drifting out and, and trying to get, make things happen and sort of following. That's his almost his instinct. Um, but they're definitely not as carefree or as fluid as they were last season for sure and um, it's such a brilliant league campaign at the start anyway you remember they beat Dublin and then it was at Mayo and then you know they got, they got off to a brilliant they sort of tapered off and then they were pretty poor in the Ulster Championship in the first round actually against Donegal so maybe like you know it could, it, still getting wins and not performing and not hitting top speed just yet might be a golden sort of situation for them, uh, yeah. you know. If you're taking it from last year, uh, last year's perspective, and like it is hard to play brilliant football against Donegal. In fairness, you know that that sort of opposition they can yeah. make it a a sort of dull affair just by doing what they do. Yeah, look, and like you said, it is hard to judge teams at the moment because they're all seem to be trying different things. And one week you think that they're going to kick off kick on and then the next week then they're back to a confusing style of play so there is a bit of cat and mouse going on um, but like that I, just, I think for certain teams you'll start seeing a bit more of what they're going to show in championship in the last two games and other teams then maybe like some Mayo who are in a good position might start um, tapering off but like that league final I, I don't think they will I think McStay is going to be going with the the route of we're building momentum and we're just going to ride this crest of a wave and hopefully get an, an unexpected All-Ireland, I suppose. Um, and at the moment, they're definitely up there with contenders. But I suppose other talking points from the weekend, um, we're big fans of Kildare at the moment. Um, they are a shambles. Uh, ridiculous. Um, I, I don't know. I'll be honest, I'm kind of... I don't really know what to say about them anymore. But, um, I, I heard a stat about them. I think they're the only yeah. team in all four divisions uh, to not score a goal yet. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's mental, to be <laughs> fair. Like it's, uh, I, I don't know. I just genuinely, be, you would be lost for words. You, <laughs> I don't know. I just can't understand it like, because they have good players. Now, I'm not going on about it again. It can't always be about good players. But look, in fairness, Mickey Hart has load moving in the right direction. They're moving well and. They had a slow enough start where they were unlucky. Um, so it is a case of what might have been for them at the moment. Um, but they're playing well. And another team playing well, my old buddies up the road, Cork. Um, another team, they're not shy in finding goals. 13 so far. Um, maybe there's a question they might nick Dublin for second place. I don't see it myself, but they're definitely coming in. They'll definitely be going into the month's championship with momentum. Um, and from a Kerry point of view, I think it's a bit worrying, to be honest, because Kerry are copping up goal chances and Cork are creating them to bait the band. So, um, yeah, could be in for a good Munster. Well, could be in for a good game in the Munster Championship, maybe. <laughs> um, and Loud, lads, 
What do you make of it? Three in a row. Yeah. Going well. I mean, I, I just think they've definitely improved from last season as well because um, quite a high scoring game and they were so reliant, overly reliant on Sam Mulroy. That was always, you know, the question mark. Like, if, if he doesn't perform, then Louth don't perform. That was, that was just the way it was. But he actually came off injured fairly early in the game. And they still managed, you know, to produce a performance. So a, a little bit like what you were saying about Derry, you know, where more people are sort of stepping up to the plate, that that seems to be uh, the case in Louth as well. And even just solidifying their place in Division 2 is, is absolutely massive because, you know, they're, I think they've got to Division 2 before, but... Uh, they went straight back down, you know, and there was no real momentum built there. Uh, Mickey Hart is definitely building stuff. Um, getting instant promotion would have been a huge, huge ask. But, <laughs> like, I, I'd just be very interested to see how they do against Dublin, you know. Um, they're obviously going to come up against them again in the Leinster Championship, you know. Uh, a, a Mickey Hart team is a well-organised team. Everyone knows that. Dublin could be lacking a bit of confidence. Hopefully they don't sit too deep against them. But it, it, it must be very exciting to be a, 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 a loud uh, fan at the minute, you know, and, and seeing genuine uh, hard evidence of progress, because and rather than it just being in, you know, ups and downs, like it, it is clearly an, an upward trajectory. And uh, I'm very big fan of Louth. I like them. Yeah, no, they're moving well. And uh, Niall, Kevin, keep the momentum going. Um, give Down a bit of a beating. Yeah, uh, Paddy Lynch was on fire for Down. He kind of made a name for himself in the Talchin Cup last year and uh, he was brilliant uh, yesterday, kicked 2-5 and was the main man. Um, apparently down were very defensive in that one. Um, I read a p- report saying they had 15 men behind the ball um, for a lot of the day. So um, that didn't work too well for them, um, beaten by seven points in the end. So... Um, that was obviously disappointing for them and Meath as well. They they after such a good start, Meath beaten um Cork and then they beat Clare in the next day, yeah. And then they were just they've lost two in a row and then lost to or drew at Limerick yesterday and were very lucky um to get that draw. So after the early optimism, um things have gone maybe a little bit south for for Meath there as well. So um yeah, all the I think the like the football league is just it's all very competitive across all four um divisions. Like Wicklow had a huge win over Leitrim uh, at the weekend. They had kind of struggled early on, but um Ushin McConville has has sort of steadied the ship uh over there. And the football league in general is just um it's hugely entertaining. I suppose I'm comparing it a small bit to the hurling, which is um has been absolutely terrible so far because none of the counties are showing their hands at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is uh, it is great to see that competitiveness across all the divisions. Um, one thing I just wanted to ask you, Darren, before you go is um, was uh, did you see the Kieran Kilkenny thing in the Derry match where he didn't pass the ball to Costello? Oh, yeah. I did. Um, it what was ah, it was awful, and it was just it was so unlike Dublin. So unlike Dublin, um, that's one of the moments that we, we praise uh, Canavan's uh, fisted point earlier, but that's one of the fisted points that should be ruled out. Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> You're taking a handy option. Like, you can't, like, and it's it's very unlike him. He's, like, I don't, it's very rare that you criticise Kieran Kilkenny, to be fair, over the last number of years. Um, that's, 
I can't really understand it. It was, I don't know, don't know. I unless and maybe he had the blinkers on or something. Maybe he doesn't like him. <laughs> maybe we're after having a falling out or something. But um, yeah, it was an awful decision. Um, but there's a goal on. Like we said, it's not Dublin. That's just unlike Dublin. Dublin, for so many years, were the most ruthless team. Like, didn't matter what they were up by, they were going for goal. If there was a goal on, they were taking it. They, they and, loved a bomb goal like as that. well. They got so many of them. Yeah. But, but that, 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 that's what their success was built on. Creating these opportunities and what looked like easy goals. But they were built. Yeah, it was, um, it was poor. Probably the losing of the game, to be honest. Yeah. It it definitely was because it was the chance to go. It would have put them either five or six up. Went to three up at that stage. Um, I think now I stand to be corrected on that. I think, but, I, think it, I thought it was less to be honest. But oh, it put them two. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were one up. They were one up. It put them. T- it put them. The point put them two up. Um. So like I know someone else to say, oh yeah, but the point, you know, get an extra point. But you might. It's ten be... minutes to go. It's ten yeah. minutes to go. Yeah. Like and that, uh, yeah. Look, someone like someone is you know, trying for an argument for ah oh, no no just keep tipping on the scores. But if there's a goal at your mercy yeah. like that, you have to go for goal. And like you said, it's unusual for Dublin and very unusual for Kilkenny to be honest. But look, he was probably thinking safety first. But that, I think that just shows the cracks in confidence, the bit of doubt that's yeah. there at the moment, which isn't what we're used to with Dublin. But. Um, yeah, well, it was the, it was like the Derry goal. Do you remember that? It was the complete opposite. Like yeah. Gareth McInnes, there was like way less of a chance for Derry to score a goal, and Gareth McInnes just, and in fairness, Derry have this in them. He just said, "Right, we are going for goal," and everyone in the Derry team at that stage was just like, "There's a goal on," and you could nearly, you could nearly just feel it. Just watching yeah. it. There's a goal coming here. <laughs> McInnes made the run, made it out of absolutely nothing. Lachlan missed it. And that could have been that. But they yeah. still, the whole team was clued in that there's a chance here. And it was Niall Toner that eventually finished it. He actually broke to, it broke. And Owen Merchant nearly should have got there before him. Owen Merchant, I thought, was actually terrible defending um, that one. But Derry just completely sensed the goal and drew blood from Dublin when, when the chance was there. And Dublin, it was the complete opposite from Kilkenny. So that kind of summed it up at, at the weekend. Yeah, and fortune favours the brave, I think. And like that, you see with most teams, goals. Ah, look, we won't, go, we won't go to the old cliche goals win games. But uh, yeah, it's moments like that that can maybe not define a season, but they can get momentum going or they can cut it short. So um, like that, I think it was a sign of where Derry are currently in terms of confidence and their mentality and maybe a bit of where Dublin are. Maybe a bit lacking a bit of confidence as well. But uh, unfortunately, boys, that's all we have time for today. Thanks very much to Lee and Niall. Um, I'm sure we'll be in for um, more exciting action in two weeks' time. Um, but that's all we have time for, as I said, in this week's show. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 